Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk about sustainable fintech. It has become, you can say, another buzzword or has become a mainstream in the last few years. So it requires a good conversation with experts from the field and from research on uh, sustainable fintech. So we're going to talk to Nadir and Fabian from Forhouse, which is a Swiss foreign policy think tank, but they're also focusing on fintech and sustainability. So we're going to find out more what's happening in the world and Switzerland around these uh, topics and uh, educate ourselves. I'm really looking forward to it. So welcome, Nadir and Fabian. How are you today? Hi, Rudy. Great to be here. Hello. Nadir, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get to where you are today? And of course, I guess, why are you interested by sustainable fintech? I work in this in-between of finance and sustainability, I think, since the very beginning of my professional career. I grew up in the countryside of Brazil and studied management, so naturally became concerned about local development and the role of businesses and finance in creating better society, let's say. And after my master, I started working in a nonprofit project focused on supporting small entrepreneurs in assessing seed capital, trainings, and support small entrepreneurs that need help to improve their businesses. And I then realized the challenges faced by small entrepreneurs when it comes to find financing options or relate with financial institutions or with banking products and services. I then became passionate about innovations related to financial inclusion, financial empowerment, and solutions to make economy and finance more accessible and inclusive. Back to academia during my PhD, I decided to investigate what it means to create social impact when it comes to support small businesses. And while exploring social innovations in finance, I realized that the role of fintechs in, in removing some of the bottlenecks so faced by small entrepreneurs when they're looking for banking products and services. Yes, since then, I, I have seen fintechs occupying other spaces other than financial inclusion and microfinance, but also in the field of sustainable finance, sustainable investing, impact investing. And uh, now I work in the policy field and I'm can say I'm an advocate for this sector and happy to see the many developments happening in the past few years. Great. And Fabian? Yeah. Hi. As you mentioned, I'm Fabian. I'm Swiss and I started to work in the fintech industry during my 10 years that I spent abroad, mostly in Germany. When I moved back to Switzerland around 2016, I was looking for opportunities in the space and was looking especially at the topic of sustainability, had a venture in mind. And then when I actually tried to build the venture, I went down a rabbit hole and figured out that a lot of data that I, I really needed to build the venture was lacking. And I started to reach out to friends 
And then instead of creating this venture, a project came out of those conversations. And this is what is today the Sustainable FinTech project at the Think Tank Voraus. It was during the conversations we had that quite quickly we figured out that we had a very strong shared vision for the Swiss Financial Center. And this vision was based basically on two pillars. First of all, sustainability, as I mentioned, and the second would be that it would be tech-driven. And it's not that there's no sustainable finance industry or no tech-driven finance in Switzerland. To the contrary, we just believed very strongly that first, on both issues, there could be much more be done than today is being done. And that secondly, that both topics complement each other very nicely. My engagement at Foraus is still within this project. Even today, I'm, I'm the lead of the project after co-founding it. And in my day-to-day -day job, I'm managing director of a small boutique consultancy here that is specializing on digitization of the financial service industry. Let's then explain what is Foraus as well before we go into sustainable fintech, etc. in your project. Because Foraus is a larger think tank than this, right? What are its missions and objectives? And then link it to uh, to our topic here. Yes, in fact, the Sustainable FinTech project is part of Foraus. And Foraus is a think tank concerned with foreign policy. So we advocate for innovative thinking when it comes to the foreign policy of tomorrow. And we do this basically in two ways. First, relying in a grassroots model, we engage young talents in policy debates and in the co-creation of policy recommendations. And second, we publish these recommendations, these policy recommendations. We also organize high-level debates in topics as diverse as ethics and AI and diplomacy and science hubs and fintechs and sustainability as well. Foraus was founded in 2009. And we have hundreds of volunteers in, in Switzerland and abroad. We, we operate via thematic projects, programs, but we also have regional groups in all major Swedish universities. A while ago, I met a Think Tank founder in London, and he was talking about the Think Tank industry. And back then, I was quite surprised what does he mean. It, it sounded counterintuitive to me, to be honest, because I thought Think Tanks are trying to promote certain ideas or philosophies. So how can they be industrialized? But I think... Every sort of activity has a KPI in a way. Is there such a thing as a thing industry? And if there is, then how do you see the competitive landscape for think tanks? And how do you compare each other? Do you measure the number of mentions or quotations in the newspapers? Or how do you see whether for our mission is getting getting accomplished or not? Yes, it's a very good question, in fact. Yeah, so think tanks are usually part of the nonprofit economy. So there are right. for-profit think tanks as well, but we are usually part of the nonprofit economy. And as such, we compete for philanthropic investments, grants, and research contracts. So yes, we do compete and compare with each other. And uh, it's super important to actually to find these ways of showing to the funders and to the society that our work is creating tangible impact. And for-profit organizations, usually they track their impact or they quantify their impact with financial numbers. For non-profit or social-oriented organizations, this, demonstrating this impact is a bit, a little more challenging, let's say, because our results are often not 
less tangible, let's say, or not easily translated into numbers. And when it comes to think tanks, there is another layer of complexity, I would say, because our outputs are ideas. So how do we quantify, how do we measure our success or the impact of our ideas, the value of our ideas? How do we prove that our ideas are actually making difference for the society? So as you mentioned, usually the metrics are the number of quotations in leading newspapers or mentions by governmental bodies or invitations to attend private events with policymakers or to be part of working groups or discussion groups initiated by policymakers, number of people who you engage in debates or in discussions and policy discussions. And uh, to this end, what we have learned is that it's key, really key to have strong outputs, relevant events, relevant debates, relevant papers, relevant blog posts. Also to create these links with your audience, so policymakers, media, business leaders, community leaders, and as important also as producing the ideas is how do you produce the ideas. Ideally, they should be based on research, ideally inclusive, participatory, so you can heard the voices and translate the voices of the society to these recommendations. So then you probably, the think tanks will be heard, will be quoted, and probably also influence, actually influence the progress and influence policy, which is the overall intention of a think tank. All right, clear. That's uh, That makes sense. So let's now level set, because you mentioned that your key area of uh, research or pol- uh, policy interests are is sustainable fintech. So what is it? Let's define it. What is the proper definition or the definition that you're using? Sustainable fintechs, they are under the umbrella of sustainable finance and social finance, which in a broader sense, integrating sustainability criteria or social and environmental issues into financial decision making. And sustainable digital finance is the application of technology in finance with this focus on achieving sustainability goals. So it's in these sustainable fintechs that are in these nexus of finances, sustainability, and technologies. Sustainable fintechs are basically those companies who, are, who have a long-term commitment to develop technological innovations related to finance and aimed to achieve sustainability goals. They start new branches, new brands, new companies, or even new products and services linked to sustain social environmental goals, sustainability goals. From a historic perspective, when we were looking for a name for our project, a Sustainable FinTech was the first choice already just because FinTech in 2016 created a lot of buzz. Right now, we speak more about digital sustainable finance or sustainable digital finance, a much broader spectrum that also encompasses larger institutions that are committed to sustainability and tech-driven. There's sometimes confusion if we speak about sustainable fintech and then include larger organizations because the definition of fintech basically is about startups, right? So to avoid this confusion, are we speaking just about startups or are we speaking about large institutions as well and established players? Uh, We tend to focus on digital sustainable finance now. I see. Understood. Now, let's talk about more buzzwords and confusion, right? So the sustainability and impact investing, 
are quite intertwined and both become mainstream in the last few years. But what is the difference, especially when there are fintechs involved? In fact, the top card. The topics are closely related. And so sustainability has many shades, but basically means the ability of maintaining a certain balance between social, environmental, and economic goals in society, thinking about long term. And there are many mechanisms and models to address sustainability, many business models as well. And when it comes to financing these initiatives, one can think of a continuum and spectrum where at one end we have the traditional philanthropic investors where, who are purely interested in social returns. And in the other end, we have those investors who look for market returns along with the social value, the social impact the investment creates. So impact investing is placed there. So it's this idea of investing in companies or in funds with the aim of generating financial returns alongside social and environmental impact. So it's important to, to clarify that impact invest is not philanthropy. Investors really expect at least the principal back or some return on capital. And when it comes to differentiating impact investing from other Investments like sustainable investing, ESG investing, I think two important criteria characterize impact investing. One is the intentionality. So the investors decide about the investment based on the company's ability to address social environmental issues. So investors really interested in the social impact and the impact measurement. So there is some sort of interest or commitment in understanding how the impact, the social impact is being measured or man or how the company is managing its social performance. So besides the financial performance as well. And then comes financial technologies and sustainable fintechs. And I think they they have been expanding opportunities though for impact investing, especially because they facilitate the access of clients, especially retail clients to impact investing. So fintechs, I think they facilitate the flow of capital, let's say, to sustainable business models. So they speed up. So the search for investment options, we see many platforms where clients can easily choose the teams they want to invest in, such as climate change, financial inclusion, gender equality, even combine such teams and then invest in thematic-based ETFs, so at lower costs and speed-up process. We can say that financial technologies are key to, to scale impact investing and especially attract young investors or millennials who are also more likely, as the study shows, to, to engage with sustainability topics and they are also more interested in innovations and early adopters of financial technologies as well. It's there where we see that sustainable digital finance, they have this potential to, to really support and scale impact investing. I see. So most people by now heard about ESGs. Now, none of these ESGs really specifically talk about finance or getting people out of poverty or economical and social and environmental goals there. You need to see under the hood, how can fintech help humanity in achieving those goals? What is your view where you think that fintech or sustainable finance, as you mentioned, Fabian, can 
help the world to move forward on those ESGs. ESG, just to make it clear to those who hear it for the first time, it stands for environmental, social and governments. It's a framework that is used very often to look at non-financial indicators, very established. And traditionally, people were little bit hesitant to really engage with ESG because the argument went that, well, what's sustainability? You know, that's always the killer argument. It's nice to talk about sustainability, but what's sustainability? And this danger of greenwashing something and just talking about ESG and the right. sustainability and everything, it still exists very much today. So this is an issue that's not completely solved. But we are moving um, in the right direction very fast. The most important um, pieces of legislation there are happening at the level of the European Union. There is this framework that is being used and that will make its way to Switzerland very fast. And that is really reshaping the industry. And concretely talking about fintechs, finance as a whole is just a huge leverage to accomplish sustainability goals and uh, specifically the UN SDGs. So again, an abbreviation, the SDGs are the Sustainable Development Goals. And you can think about it, the SDGs are like the goals, what we want to achieve. So end poverty, clean water, inclusion of women, those kind of things. And ESG is like a lens, how you can look at those ESGs from, from the environmental, the social and the government's perspective. And that finance is a huge leverage. This is something, it's so commonplace. Even in article, I think, 2.1c or something like this of the Paris Climate Agreement, finance is explicitly mentioned as a huge leverage and, and of, of great importance. And once you realize the importance of finance as a whole for the transition to more sustainability, then the digitization of finance that is taking place comes very quickly into the focus. And digitization of finance and that's what fintech basically is about, is making finance more accessible. It's about lowering barriers, about cutting costs, about improving usability. So those are overall trends that you can see in uh, the digitization of finance and fintech. And they, they have something, some core sustainability-driven values in them. But more concretely, if we are to move towards sustainability and finance even more and to accelerate this and expand it to finance as a whole and to impact investing specifically, as um, Nadia mentioned, the question of data comes very quickly. If you want to um, measure impact beyond return, you need data points that you can measure. You need to be able to, to, to measure the impact that you have, to monitor it, to process the information that you gather it and to store it, to analyze it, to redistribute it. This, this analytical lens is something that is very important for sustainable finance. And that's where tech has a very important role to play. And with it, fintech. All right, understood. But can you also mention some concrete examples of use cases, whether you say it's sustainable finance or there's big companies behind it or sustainable fintechs or startups where you can make a noticeable impact versus these sustainable development goals and be financially sustainable as well. So I don't know whether I like the education, of course, as a goal, but there's many others. And have you seen anything in practice where you can really concretely see the linkage that you mentioned? 
Yeah, absolutely, of course. Uh, it's a space that was nascent when we started the project, and now it's exploding. Everyone has heard about end financials, right? Less known of a fact is that end financials, they are the co-founders of the Green Digital Finance Alliance. So it's an initiative that I'm not sure if they started a few weeks before us or after us for a very different caliber. It's end financials together with the United Nations Development Program with the explicit goal to utilize a fintech for good. Check it out if you don't know about it. End financials themselves they are using their incredible scale to push sustainable solutions as well. There's this very famous project that they have that where we can plant digital trees and with points that you collect there. And it's just quickly before Corona hit, I was able to actually use the app when I was in China for some time and I was asking around about people. I wasn't sure, is it just a PR stunt by End Financials? But people are using it, they love it. And there you can see that they, they have hundreds of thousands of, of trees that are planted. So you see, when you have an established financial company such as Ant Financial and, and you pluck sustainability on top, you can do a lot with your leverage. And then there are other companies that don't have sustainability as an add-on, but at, that are really at the core of their business sustainable. And to give you just two examples here from Switzerland is, for example, company Jova. They're a B2C company. If you're listening to this and you want to check them out, please do. We had Tillman on the podcast earlier. Ah, you had yeah. Tillman on the podcast. So you know everything about Jova. So they're the prototypical example of a sustainable fintech in Switzerland with uh, focus to consumers. And I would say that there are even more that are happening in Switzerland that are exciting, that are never actually in, in the limelight for consumers. The most popular example is probably Carbon Delta. And they had a, a very nice exit now in in this fall, fall 2020. They were sold to MSCI. And I think the example of Carbon Delta is illustrative of how the, this niche as a whole is uh, developing. They started and they, they were seen as tree huggers basically for a very long time. And if you talk to <laughs> Oli, the founder, they really had to fight to get some attention and to be taken seriously. And then uh, they went from this tree hugger image to being acquired by MSCA very fast. And, and I think this, it was like pushing a button or... or this was like it switched something in the mindset of a lot of people that they realized, oh, okay, sustainable finance, sustainable fintech. It's not just about sustainability anymore, but it's really, it's a VC case now. And I like that uh, first example as well that you mentioned about planting virtual trees and gamification, I think, around it, because obviously you have a lot of appeals to be better and to think beyond the numbers and beyond finance and think about the planet but it is difficult to get people's attention so with these virtual trees i think you make it more tangible and i assume that the conversion on this is higher than if you buy something online and you have a voluntary contribution to offset your carbon emissions from that order right and it's something like 1.23 uh, centimes or something like that in, in francs that is a little bit potentially less appealing than if you say that actually contributes to something tangible but so that's great a lot of great examples and things are changing 
So where are you with your project right now? And what are the next milestones you would like to achieve this year? Somebody told me on, on another podcast saying last year was a year of survival. This year is year to thrive. So let's hope that's uh, that's what's going to happen. For this year, we plan yeah, promising milestones. So regarding content, we are about to launch a publication about the Swiss landscape of sustainable digital finance. We launched the publication next month. We, we mapped we Swiss fintechs and we also recommend policies to, to develop the sustainable digital finance field in Switzerland. And we also plan, we are also developing a concept of a second publication that could also that should also address policy recommendations and the second publication uh, is planned for November. Oh wow, so I'm looking forward to it. Great. There's I'm not sure if you heard about it, Judy, but there's the Green Fintech Network. It's an initiative by the CIF, the State Secretary for International Financial Questions. And it's a group made out of industry representatives that is working on the topic of green digital finance and working on recommendations for the Swiss Financial Center. And those um, recommendations will be published, I think, by April this year. So this uh, will be very important and exciting milestone. And then for ourselves, you mentioned that last year was a little bit a year of survival. For us, I think it was both. It was a year of introspection, of focused work, on content mainly by Nadir, but it was a, a year of survival for our community. I would say before Corona, we had very regular meetups, physical meetups, at least once a month. We had a, an awesome little community in this back then still very specific niche of a digital sustainable finance. We had people coming all the way from Prague actually to attend our events regularly. We had really a, a, a nice core set of experts that were exchanging re regularly on the topic. And this died a little bit down with Corona. And we will try to restart this now on, in a digital format. And starting from April, we hope to have a, a regular monthly exchange again with people and experts that are interested in the topic and to get this community started. I think on meetup.com, if I'm not mistaken, we were the second largest fintech community here in Zurich and in Switzerland. And this slowed down a little bit during Corona and very much looking forward to bring there some new energy in it and, and revive this. All right, wonderful. So before we wrap up, I have just two easy questions, of course, because you are in research and policy. I would expect that you also read other people's books. And I'm trying to promote uh, reading on this podcast, so I wanted to hear some tips of a favorite business or perhaps another book that uh, could be helpful for our listeners. The book that I'm currently reading is something that probably doesn't need more recommendations. It's by Joseph E. Stiglitz, People, Power and Profits. I'm not far enough into the book to say if it's going to be my favorite or not. Mr. Stiglitz, he's known, I think, for very clear positions, but it's a, it's a lecture that I'm very much enjoying currently. And then the next favorite publication will be hopefully the paper by Nadir that is coming out. I have Fabian as co-author as I was looking forward to this publication. But yeah, talking about a book, maybe I could suggest a classical also, The Development as Freedom by Marcia Sam, an economist that developed the idea of connecting the dots when it comes to 
finding solutions and policy solutions as well to to address developmental issues and sustainability issues and it was super inspiring to my yeah to my career do you know the book capital by thomas piketty of course so what do you think about it i bought it before the pandemic and actually a paper book since then i turned into coincidentally and turned into kindle but it is so thick it's still on my to-do list so <laughs> is this worthwhile reading or is it something i, I can leave for retirement I personally believe that uh, Piketty is a must uh, read if you agree with him or not, uh, just because his ideas are very prominently discussed in those yeah. past years. And I think they will continue to be one another author that is also a little bit uh, left leaning Piketty. And I mean, they do have some political tendency. Yeah, if you find a liking there, I can recommend Mariana Mazzucato very much. She's a professor of economics and wrote several very, very thought provoking books that she shed light. The first, I think, very prominent book was um, The Entrepreneurial State. It's between the relationship of the state and the private economy and, you know, how innovation basically uh, is created. And myself having degrees both in technology and history, this was a very enlightening read. I can recommend her latest book is on the creation of value. It's one I, I have it here lying on a shelf, but I, I didn't get around reading it yet. In fact, it is exactly the book that I would suggest. Actually, I, I have been reading a lot, Mariana Mazzucato, and impressed by her thoughts. And the book, I think, The Value of Everything, Making and Taking in Global Economy. It's an amazing book. It's the most recent one, and I strongly recommend it as well. All right, brilliant point taken. We'll include it in the notes. Thank you so much. So my last question is, what is the best way to find out more about what you do in sustainable finance, about four hours in your research, how not to miss the publications that you mentioned they're going to come out this year? I think I'd say, yes, we have a website, sustainablefintech.ch, where you can keep updated about the project. Also, there is a direct link to contact us. For our website, for sure, for our networks, uh, social networks, where we can we can also follow the events and the discussions that are, are raised by other programs in Forals. And as Fabian mentioned, the Stumptish are in-person events that we will organize as soon as possible. All right, great. Thank you very much and uh, good luck to Forals. Thank you very much. Same to you. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.